When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Here they come on third and five. Wilson. Boy, somehow escapes. He's going to run for it. Plenty of green grass. Wilson stays in bounds. He's still going. And he's in. Touchdown. Zach Wilson pulling a magic trick. Down the middle, he's got it. Elijah Moore. The 20. The 10. The 5. Touchdown. Two is buried. That was Sauce Gardner. Here he goes! Goodbye and Halloenzo! And Dyke swarmed, swallowed, and sacked. Guess who? You only got one guess. Jermaine Johnson. Here's Brees Hall looking for history. Hall with his 24th straight game with a rushing touchdown into the NCAA record books. Listen. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And today is an off day, which means it's time to answer some of your training camp mailbag questions. And for that, we bring in our friend who's the co-founder over at U Stadium, Mr. Nick Spano. Nick, what's going on, brother? And hi, Luca. I can hear you there in the background. <laughs> yeah, I thought, that, I thought I had that one on mute real fast, but what's going on, man? <laughs> Are you ready to answer some questions? Maybe we can even of get course. Luca in on this. I'm sure he's got some thoughts. <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> he, wants, he wants a popsicle if that counts. Yes, it does. In fact, I want one too. <laughs> so, Nick, can you get me a popsicle as well? <laughs> yes, yeah, so I'll grab two from the freezer right now. <laughs> First question comes in from Sean Stalker. He says, guys, if Mims has a Clowney-esque camp, and by the way, he means David Clowney, not Jadavion Clowney, is he more value as depth this year and a potential replacement for Corey Davis next year, saving the Jets $13 million to spend elsewhere, or is he more valuable if Joe Douglas can flip him for a mid-round pick or, say, a player like Tevin Jenkins, as you and Nick have discussed earlier this week? I personally would like them to keep Denzel Mims for the exact reason you said, but this really all just comes down to what the coaches and the front office think of him. If they believe that he could legitimately redeem himself this year and turn into the player that you're talking about, a viable number three going forward, then absolutely keep him, don't flip him. We'll get into Tevin Jenkins separately a little bit later, but as far as Mims himself, I would prefer to keep him. If the coaching staff is not going to use him, though, and he's fallen out of favor, might as well try to get something for him if he does well in camp and they still don't like him. But I would imagine if he does well in camp, they're going to want to try to use him. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to give him away. If he's proven that he's bought in and he understands the offense and he's, you know, he's he, he wants it, 
then I'm going to keep him rather than just give him away for a fifth or sixth or seventh round pick. Um, if there's a trade, like you mentioned, and like you said, we're going to get into it later. If there's a trade where you can bring back a player at a position of need and a team, you know, would do it for Mims, I would do it because I, I, I think he's firmly entrenched as like the sixth receiver on the roster. Um, but, you know, I think that there is value to keeping him, especially with the injury question marks and a lot of young players. So, um, I'm not. I'm not just going to give him away or cut him. Like I, I wouldn't cut him. I would rather keep him over like an eighth corner or like you know a, a, a terrible offensive tackle like Connor McDermott. Um, but I, I don't expect too much of him in terms of value and on the field. Um, but you know, I think we'll we'll find out more in the preseason. Like if if we go through preseason weeks one and two, and he's doing what he did last year, which is basically nothing then he's probably going to get cut. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Next question comes in from RKEG744. He says, any Jermaine Johnson flashes or news yet? Yeah, actually, yesterday's practice, he had a sack. So I had been wondering about that myself because every time I would ask you, Nick, or Andy, or Robbie Sabo, or the very big deal, Chris Nimbley, they didn't really have much to say about Jermaine Johnson yet. Finally got himself a sack, and we heard his name. Yeah, no, I think, you know, with, with a rookie, especially – pass rushers on a pretty deep unit. Um, it's going to take him a little bit of time, but yeah, I think, you know, like you mentioned having the sack today and I've seen that he's you know been making some progress. So another guy you're going to just really watch when other teams are here, or if, you know, you're, you're once the preseason games start, like I wouldn't put too much into like training camp and not, you know, the, the pads just started coming on. So um, I wouldn't sweat it too much, but it, it was nice to see him already making some impact plays. Next question comes in from Mitch. He says, seems like Flacco is locked in as the number two quarterback. What will the Jets do with Mike White before final roster cuts? It's an interesting question because I don't think they're going to carry three quarterbacks. They might try to sneak them onto the practice squad. Maybe they try to flip them for a late round pick. But unless something happens to Flacco, I just don't know that there's room for him on the active roster because I just can't see them taking three quarterbacks onto the active roster. They like Mike White. and You know, we saw in limited times he, he played well. He also played terrible at a point, but... Um, you just wish, you know, with, with a guy like him, there was some developmental league where they can, you know, keep his rights um, so that a team just kind of can't grab him. Because if you if you cut him outright, a team is probably going to take him um, and, and, you know, at least keep him as a number two or, or you know, a third guy if they have more room on a roster. But, again, it'll probably, it'll probably come down to keeping him. You know, maybe it's like him, Mims, or, you know, one of these other defensive ends like a Vinnie Curry or, you know, somebody like that. Um, so we'll have a better idea again in the preseason. If, if he goes out and he's, and he's good in the preseason, they're probably going to hang on to him. 
Next question comes in from Valmatin Fung. He says, are the Jets going to have any interest in Tevin Jenkins given their lack of tackle depth? If so, what do you think the compensation would be? Also, should fans be worried that the Bears are looking to trade him a year after drafting him at the beginning of the second round? So here's a story with Tevin Jenkins. We know there's injury issues there, but he's also fallen out of favor with a brand new coaching staff in front office that had nothing to do with getting him. And this could be as simple as he doesn't fit the type of offensive line they want to put together. We know that the Jets liked him going into the draft last year, so clearly they see him as a potential fit here. If you want to look at a parallel, Lakin Tomlinson was a first-round pick of the Detroit Lions, then a new coaching staff, a new front office came in, they installed a new offensive line system, and they dealt him to the 49ers for a fifth-round pick, and he turned out to be a good player. Now, that doesn't mean that Tevin Jenkins is going to turn out to be Lincoln Tomlinson. I only say this to say that just because a team might be looking to move on from him very quickly doesn't always mean that the guy is useless, and it also means that Using a late-round pick as a flyer to try and bring him in here and see if he can be the player that you thought he was before the draft might be worth a shot. What would the asking price be? I would think it would probably be something similar to what Detroit got for Lakin Tomlinson. Maybe a fifth-round pick, a sixth-round pick, maybe a player swap. I don't think it's going to be anything exorbitant. It does seem like the Bears are pretty determined to trade him. He's young. He does have upside. So if you're the Jets and you still trust your evaluation from a year ago... Why not? You got nothing to lose if you can get him for a late round pick. Bring him in here. See if you can coach him up. Maybe he becomes a swing tackle and somebody that could be in the discussion to replace George Fant if you decide not to invest in that spot next year. And worst case scenario, you lost the late round pick. It's worth the gamble if you believe in the guy's talent. Yeah, 100%. Yes, yes, you you, know, you could be worried about um, you know, Tevin Jenkins and if he's actually fully bought into playing the game like that's they're saying there's some there could be some commitment issues um but also yes the jets you know have interest in him and they've reached out to the bears i don't know if it if it's anything serious or whatnot but um you know it's just douglas just does this all the time as to to, too many agm so um teams teams are always going to take chances on you know, first or second round talent. Like he was a second round pick, probably could have been a first round pick just two years ago. Um, you know, is he, he had an injury, but apparently now he's healthy and, and the Bears are 100% getting rid of him. So he won't be with them. So he's definitely going to get moved before the start of the season. Um, the Jets don't need a starter right now. So maybe if there's a team desperate enough, you know, to give up maybe like a fourth round pick for him to, to, to start. Um that that could happen but as of right now it's like you mentioned scott like i think that fifth or sixth round is is a sweet spot i mentioned the denzel mims flip for him because the bears could use a receiver and there's similar situations where you're questioning the you know the want to of both of these guys falling out of favor with you know new coaching staffs guys who didn't draft him um and talented players who went in the second round so it just makes a lot of sense and um, I, w- I would do that trade. I would take Ch- Tevin Jenkins because I think he's actually a good player. So um, I, th- I see no – I mean, you're, pl- you're rolling out Chuma Adoga and Connor McDermott. If Tevin Jenkins isn't you know as good, if not better, than those guys, then you should probably just hang them up. Um, so I-, I, would, I would definitely keep an eye on it for sure, especially since I know that the Jets do like the player a lot and have reached out to Chicago. And obviously those two have dealt in the past – 
um, both front offices know each other well. So um, it's definitely, definitely something to watch. AJ Tranzano asks, swing tackle, what can the Jets do there short of making a trade for Tevin Jenkins? Are they going to wait to see if someone gets cut in camp? Maybe if there's a team that has an extra tackle they can trade for, what is it that they are going to do at tackle? I think it's probably going to be exactly what you said. They'll scour the league to see if they can get an extra tackle. Remember, they did something similar a couple of years ago with Nate Hairston at cornerback. They were able to pull off a trade for a conditional pick, bring in Hairston, who they thought would be a good fit in the system. He ended up not really doing much for them, but he was more depth than anything else. They could go that route. They could wait for camp cuts. There's always some guys that unexpectedly hit the market. Maybe you can swoop in there. Remember, they got Morgan Moses pretty late last year, so something like that is possible. I don't know that they're going to get anyone as good as Morgan and Moses, but all they need is somebody who can be better than McDermott and Adoga and not be an absolute turnstile if he needs to play if Fant or Becton gets hurt. So that's really what you got to be looking at right now. Like you said, camp cut, some team with an extra tackle, a Nate Herbig type of situation, somebody who has shown some talent, but there's just not a lot of room for that guy on the roster because they're log jammed at the position. That's really what's probably going to happen. I don't think there's going to be any magic fix beyond that. Yeah, and, and you want the camp cut makes the most sense because you know you want guys who have been condi- you know conditioning and going through the you know, the, the, the rigors of practicing the, the whole summer already. Cause you know, there, there's some guys out there in free agency who you look at and yeah, they have the name notoriety, like a Dwayne Brown, a Brian Bulaga. Um, I believe like Brandon shell, former jet is a free agent still. Um, Jason Peters, I think is still out there. So there's names out there, but what type of shape are these guys in right now? You know, they haven't been in any kind of camp all summer or spring and, um, what what would it cost for them to come in at this point? But look, if you can get a guy like Dwayne Brown to come in, you know he might be looking for a starting spot. So you know, yes, it's late in the summer, and these guys, you know, there's not very many job openings right now, um, unless there's some kind of injury. But you know, it might it might just be a guy that you know, like a team that the Jets know or you know run a similar offense and you know, they have an extra tackle and they're going to move on from and the Jets claim one. So um, I know for sure they're just not going to go into this to the season with, with what they have right now. Godson5 asks, where is the lack of depth showing up the most in camp so far? What is the biggest weakness? Swing tackle, I think. No question. We just talked about it. They yep. need help there more than any other position. I guess you could also say free safety as well but the one that's really been glaring Mm -hmm. is the tackle spot mostly because George Fant missed some time and when he missed time we saw what the Jets would have there and it isn't good yeah you said it it's 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 a swing tackle spot um it's the safe it's the safety spot I mean really when you go through the rest of the roster there's depth at every other position when you know unless it's you're you're talking about maybe a receiver with size that can kind of really win those one-on-one contested balls maybe, but like it, it doesn't matter. You know, they, have, they, they can do other things and, and you think Kara Wilson is a guy who can, who can win and, you know, go up and get the ball. So it's not, not that he's, you know, I think he's six foot, you know, not that he's like six, four and he's going to, you know, DK Metcalf or Mike Evans, anybody, but um, you know, he, there's different ways to, to win contested balls and to go up and, you know, high point it. So um that would probably be the only other one, you know, when, when you do get into the red zone, 
but you know, the tight ends are there and they're going to really lean on them in the red zone. So, um, it's really, it, it is the swing tackle because even at safety, you know, they have a few guys who they can at least scheme in, um, and ask to do certain things. And they have a guy like Whitehead who they love. So, um, it's, it's that tackle spot. And, and we all knew that, right? Like going into the, through the off season, we said linebacker, tackle depth and safety. And, you know, we answered that with Quan Alexander. So those last two spots are really the last ones up in the air. Godson five also asks, why is an important position like kicker taken for granted and ignored picking up someone's scraps for a position that can win a game at the end of the fourth quarter seems odd, missing extra points, field goals missed. These things matter in games. I agree. You're preaching to the choir. I've been talking about the Jets making an investment in kicker for a while. Now, it's obviously not top priority because the roster has been bereft of talent at very important positions for a long time. Thank you, Mike McCagnan. Thank you, John Idzik. And thank you, Mike Tannenbaum, as well for that. However, that doesn't mean that they shouldn't have been able to do something better than what they've done at kicker. Their strategy has mostly been just bring guys in here off the scrap heap, like you said, and hope that one of them just clicks at some point. It hasn't worked yet. I don't see any reason to believe that it's going to work at any point. I would have liked to have seen the Jets draft a kicker. Everybody knows that I wanted them to get Jose Borregalis last year. Tampa kept protecting him. I think they realized that he's a guy that could be their kicker of the future. And on a team like Tampa, where the kicks really can matter at the end of the game, that's very important. With the Jets, it hasn't been as important because they've been missing so many other pieces. But it's okay to make an investment in a kicker. You don't have to pay a ton of money, but you can use a late-round draft pick on a kicker, or you can go and get a kicker who has some sort of track record of success. That hasn't been what they've been doing and the results have shown on the field. I think it's going to happen again this year, unfortunately, because both Panero and Zerline do not have flattering histories as kickers in the NFL. So I'd like to see them invest in kicker a little bit at some point in the not-so-distant future. But so far, my yells and screams have gone out into the wilderness and nobody's heard them. Yeah, it is kind of weird when you think about it. It's like they just kind of had the same philosophy. It's like, we'll bring the incumbent who wasn't any good last year into camp and we'll sign a guy who got cut, who was pretty good at one point, but isn't good anymore. Um, and we'll see if, you know, try to catch lightning in a bottle. And, and it hasn't for sure. hasn't worked the past, you know, five or so years. Um, I'm a little higher on Zerline than I was any of the other guys we've had for the past few years. I think, I think he'll be pretty solid. Um, and I expect him to beat out Pinero if he's healthy. And it's similar, like they went and drafted a punter and the punter stinks. You know, Brady Man stinks. They they let the better punter go in Morstead, who they picked up midway through last year when Man got hurt. So, you know, both positions have been pretty crappy for a few years. That's a confusing thing to me, Nick. Whatever you think of Braden Mann, they made an actual investment picking him yeah. in the sixth round. He was the top punter in the country, so they realized that was important, but they haven't done anything at kicker. And like I said, I would have loved to have seen them take one of those sixth rounders last year and use it on Jose Borregales. Evan McPherson was a fifth-round pick. I didn't expect them to use a fifth-rounder on a kicker. But once you hit the sixth round, why not? And I know everybody's going to say, Tom Brady was a sixth-round pick. Yeah, 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 I get it. <laughs> Players occasionally hit in the sixth round. But more often than not, you're looking at guys 
that don't make the roster, and if they do, they're role players or they're special teamers. They're not guys that turn out to be big-time starters. So if you can use a sixth or seventh-round pick on a kicker that can stabilize the position for the next 10 years, that seems like a sound investment to me, and I hope that the Jets finally do something like that. Yeah, I guess Gase was just foreshadowing that they were going to be punting a lot in 2020 (laughs) and not kicking field goals, so um, that was probably why they invested in man. Gase was right about that. He wasn't right about a lot of things, but he was certainly correct about that. (laughs) God, I didn't think of Adam Gase anymore. It's like, I mean, that guy's never going to coach again in the league, but I don't want to talk about him. Yeah, let's not talk about him. (laughs) Instead, Nick, let's end the mailbag there because I'd rather end it on a note that doesn't involve actually delving into the sad history of Adam Gase as the head coach of the New York Jets. Nick Spano, co-founder of U Stadium, thanks so much for coming on and answering some mailbag questions with me on this training camp off day. For those that want to go ahead and take part in the takes function over at U Stadium, get yourself some Play Like a Jet extra points if you DM Nick over at U Stadium on Twitter. Nick, it's an opportunity to take your opinions and get paid for them without actually risking any money of your own. There's no way to lose. Yeah, exactly. If you got some predictions about, you know, the Jets, anything in the NFL, and maybe the uh, preseason games coming up, you can post them on the U Stadium app as long as there's a real outcome. So, you know, if you think Zach Wilson's going to throw one touchdown on his one drive that he plays uh, on Friday, then go and make it a take on U Stadium, put a point value to it. And users on the app will either agree or disagree. And then once that uh, outcome is uh, finalized, points will be rewarded to the winning side. And then you can uh, cash those out. So uh, like Scott mentioned, shoot us a DM on U Stadium at U Stadium on Twitter, and we'll get you some uh, points to use for the takes feature. Make sure that you go ahead and get yourself some points for the takes feature. DM Nick on Twitter at Stadium and download the app if you haven't already. Visit playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. The Thunder from Down Under, Luke Grant, has got some fantastic All-22 film breakdowns up there right now. Watch the videos and subscribe if you haven't already. Visit our store, tpublic.com. That's tee-public.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quinn and Williams, Bless You, Thank You shirt, the Zach Says Go Long shirt, the Zach the Ripper shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies. It's all there. tpublic.com. That's tee-public.com. And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and PlayLikeAJet.com. 